This is Dental All-Stars, where we bring you the best in dentistry on marketing, management, and training. Here's your host, Alex Nottingham. Welcome to another edition of Dental All-Stars, and we have a great episode for you today. We have Heather Nottingham, our VP of Training on the line, and our Phone Skills Instructor. And the title for today's discussion is going to be The Great Call Process, all right? The Great Call Process is the central piece. It's the core to the Phone Skills Program. And so I think it would be great to do a podcast on the subject. So Heather, tell me a little bit about kind of an overview of, of what the great call process is and, and how you developed it or what's it used for. Sure. Well, first, thanks for having me, Alex. And uh, the great call process, it started a while back, um, you know, being a newbie at the dental office and asking for training that was something that was really hard to find as somebody new to the office and new to dentistry and there wasn't a process there wasn't any everybody had a different way of doing things it was very random and haphazard and to me that was kind of frustrating as i'm sure it is for a lot of people that are new to dentistry and possibly even that have worked in dentistry for a long time in that you know, patients can be rude on the phone. Things are, you know, there's always different questions that patients existing and new patients are throwing at you. And so it's important to have sort of a consistent process that you can always go back to. So that was kind of how the Great Call process started all those years ago is let's figure out a way that it's, it's a nice, easy to remember acronym, GREAT, GREAT CALLS, and what it is, is it's a five-part process where the team member utilizes the acronym GREAT, and each letter of GREAT stands for a different area of the GREAT call process. So G stands for greeting, R stands for rapport, E stands for engage, A stands for ask for the appointment, and T stands for take information and think. And so that's just really an easy way for them to remember it. And then, of course, each section, we break it down a little bit further and there's additional information we get in there, but we don't want them to be, you know, very scripted. We want them to understand verbiage and verbal skills, but we want them to have flexibility when they do their calls and when they're learning training. And this allows them to have a process, but still have options for their own verbiage. So the, the great call process is mostly... Uh, or the beginning was designed for the phone call. And we'll talk Correct, a little bit yes. about that. But we yeah. could even just touch on later that it can be applied in other areas of of the office as well. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned we go into our program a little bit. We go into a lot of the great call process, yes. especially rapport. And that's goes to the point of why another question as well we can address is why everybody in your office should be learning phone skills. And if you're training with All-Star, you would learn the great call process in detail since a lot of what we focus on is rapport. And that's an ongoing uh, process of being able to relate with people. And it's very, very important. So, you know, in a prior podcast, we talked about phone skills or phone success in general. And you talked about your history. I'm pretty sure in 
in that podcast. I don't want to repeat it too much, but when you worked in dental office, when we were working for my father helping to double his business to grow, grow his practice, mm-hmm. um, you didn't have anything. We didn't have anything in terms of right. being able to answer phone calls. You just had to rely on your intuition and knack. Um, but over time, many, many years, you were able to reflect and then consolidate what you were actually mm-hmm. doing based not just on your own personal experience, but also what we learned uh, in the best of business and in training in the world of the factors. Right. So like rapport, yeah, for example. And I also, yeah. Go ahead. And I, and I also took a lot from what I learned in retail as well. Uh, good Working point. in the high-end retail, there's all sorts of systems and processes um, for basically everything. And rapport was the central focus of that because when you're working in high-end retail, just like in high-end dentistry or any type of customer service field, that that's always the number one most important factor you, you do. And so in this podcast, I, I just want to have this conversation with you about the overview of the great call process. Yes. Actually, you know what might be fun is in future sessions, we can just talk just about each mm-hmm. element sure. Uh, in detail, and obviously the course goes into much greater detail. But at least we yes. can give kind of an outline because to, to cover all the great call is 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 difficult. I would encourage listeners to go to our website allstardentalacademy.com, and we have a webinar and an ebook called uh, Dental Practice Excellence, and that gives a nice um, overview of the great call process as well as a sample role play so they can get to see on on how. Um, uh, the the call goes. Now, one of the things with the great call process that you would agree with is it ha- we have to go in order. So we're not yes. big fans of scripts, right? Because you sound scripted and they don't work. And I know mm-hmm. that's a big thing we see in dentistry is, oh, get this new uh, sales script, this new script to answer the phone. And, right. and we've tried that in the office, right? We've tried all these sales things and they didn't work. Yes. You know, and I remember you resisting me. You go, you go Alex, you know, um, I've done retail. This technique is has been around for a long time. They don't work. I'm like Heather, just please try it for me. And you tried it, and it failed miserably. Um, and so we know through trial and error, it doesn't work. Uh, well, and I think what we what we tried also was sort of the get them in philosophy, which right. is you you know have a focus on a very short phone call. And it's just basically getting them to schedule an appointment. We're not talking about answering their questions about price. We're not answering their questions about insurance. We're just saying, yes, we do all of that. Come on in. Let's get you an appointment, which works really well for getting them an appointment. But you end up having a lot of patients on the schedule and they either don't show up or they come in very confused or they might not have even ever been able to afford it. And you've gotten a lot of um, lower quality patients on the schedule, let's just say. So production reflects that. And so that's not not a good approach to do. And a lot of broken appointments as well. Yes. yes. And, and we'll see, this is part of the great calls. When you do it properly, you reduce broken appointments as well because you're setting things up properly uh, from yes. the beginning. From the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. So... In in terms of so we talked about the fact just briefly and we covered this more in a lot of our discussions but the sales look out don't do the sales approaches they don't work very well um, they're they're really bad on your brand and now with so many 
internet reviews being so important, you can't have those negative reviews. So you got to treat people well with service. People are expecting a high level of service, okay? Right. Um, and if you're going to compete with corporate interests and with other dentists, and not just that, but also with businesses that are competing for your the dollars, right, whether it be Apple or, or Amazon, who wants a crown versus getting a new iPad? So you have to compete with that, and you got to be really top-notch. Plus, people don't like going to the dentist in general. So right. – the, the great call process, we talked about that. We talked about the get them in philosophy. You just, you just said that we don't do it that way. Um, mm-hmm. So kind of going through the great call process, we said it's very important that you go in order. G-R-E-A-T. Mm-hmm. Often, where do people typically do? Like what, you know, we're using the acronym G-R-E-A-T. Typically, how do people answer the phone? In what order do you see? So we grade a lot of calls, hundreds a month, every month, and we see the very common theme that whenever a patient calls up, typically the first thing that they do is they ask a question. And the, the easiest thing, I guess the most comfortable thing without having training that a team member would think to do is just to answer their question. And that puts the team member in a very reactive position to the patient. So the patient is essentially controlling the conversation, and that's what's called, they go right to engage, which is an eager call. So if they're engaging first, then basically they're answering the patient's question, Um, they might be discussing some objections, and then they're kind of having to backtrack, and they get pulled around wherever the patient is going with their questions. And so the patient's in control, the team member is just along for the ride, and so when, when team members start training, they say, well, it's impossible to go in, in this order because patients ask all these questions, which is why it's so essential for the team member to have the training so that they understand how to control the conversation so that they're the ones directing right. the patient to what they want versus the other way around. And we control by asking questions yes. and building rapport. It doesn't yes. seem that way, but questions are power. A rapport yes. is power because what's happening with eager is they're saying, what do you charge for? Do you accept my insurance? And what happens right. is they go right to answering the question, yes or no, and mm-hmm. asking for the appointment. And the problem is if you ask for the appointment so soon, you can't do that. You know, you use a lot of analogies of dating. It's like going out on a date and greeting the person with a kiss. It's like, wait, I haven't even met you or talked to you yet. You have right. to first be able to um, build enough rapport to do that. You can't ask mm-hmm. for the appointment if you haven't built enough rapport. And right. and if you're looking for a very short call, that's the way to do it, the eager method. So yeah. you can cover all the great call steps, but if you go in the wrong order, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, the key is being able to uh, – now here's another thing. Another thing that happens a lot is we'll hear – so people will say or training companies will say, well, only spend a certain fixed amount of time with people. and yeah. And so we don't advocate that. We say you spend as much time as you need to build rapport. If you can build rapport in two minutes, great. If it takes you 30 minutes, it depends on, on building sufficient rapport. The other thing is um, peop, other techniques say, well, we, we realize that if somebody asks for insurance and we don't accept it, they're just going to hang up and they get that. So what they do instead, Heather, and you know this a lot, mm-hmm. they just don't answer. They, they either don't answer the question they they say we don't we don't tell you the answer you got to come in for an appointment or they lie 
and they say, I've heard this before from some mm-hmm. well-known trainers. They say, um, well, if we don't take their insurance, tell them we do. They come in, and if we don't, we'll just comp them the exam. Right. They just write it off. We'll just write it off. Not. You just wasted <laughs> that person's time, and you lied to them. Well, and I think also, I think sometimes team members assume that if you don't take their insurance, that that means that they're definitely not going to come to the office. And I think that's certainly not true. I mean, I've definitely had patients before, lots of patients that some were even Medicaid patients that one would think, oh, well, they're a Medicaid patient. They're not going to come here because we don't take Medicaid. But they really liked the office and they wanted to get certain work done. They wanted to have a high quality of treatment. So we just assume that our our office is awesome and we find out how we can best help them. We, you know, one of the things that, that happens when you engage too soon is if they say, do you take my insurance? And you start going into this whole long dissertation about insurance, then they've already heard, no, I don't take the insurance. Exactly. We take it, but we're this and that. So without really thoroughly understanding how we can help them, the patient's needs, connecting with them, we can't do any of that other stuff. Right. And so what we advocate is that we want to be able to build enough rapport and then answer their question. So we where we use what we call the transition statement, and that could be a whole other podcast and training just on yeah. transition statement, but that's where we're basically breaking their state, their focus to be able to better. So often, and Heather, you'll correct me, but isn't it mm-hmm. like, well, actually, instead of me telling you, what, give me an example of a transition statement. Somebody sure. calls, they say, what do you charge for X? What do you say? So there's a few, there's a few different things that you can do, um, depending on if you're the person that answers or talks to the new patients or not. So if you're not the person that typically talks to new patients, like if you're somebody else, you can greet them and say, I'd be happy to connect you with our new patient coordinator and she's going to be able to answer those questions. You, if you are the one that's going to help them with that, you can say, who do I have the pleasure of speaking with? And then you can get, you know, kind of redirect them that way. One of my favorites is I'd be happy to help you with that. Do you mind if I ask you a few questions so I can better assist you? So that way you're saying you're going to help them with it. You're asking their permission to ask them some questions so that you can better assist them. And most people are happy to do that because they figure you need more information in order to answer their question or schedule their appointment. And often and we'll, so then you go into it. And often mm-hmm. we'll, we'll, somebody will say, the first thing they'll say, oh, well, they'll just say, I don't wanna, you know, just give me the information. But most people, and the reality is, they yeah. like they like it. They, they love a little mm-hmm. extra service and they, be, and they be better assisted. You know, yes. I had one office was talking to, to us and they're doing a great job with their team, one of our coaching clients. And um, they they said, man, you know, there's some rude patients that say, give me it, the price. I don't want to go there. And you might get one out of, I don't know, 70 it's or 80. It's a small 80. percentage. But those yeah. are people you probably don't want in your practice anyway that are like right. that. But most people would love to be served and would love to be better assisted. So the transition right. statement takes them away from focusing on price and say, so you ask questions. Because let's just say they're asking about they want the price for a cosmetic makeover or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you start talking and you say they want all this stuff done. You say, by the way, did you know this is not covered under any insurance? Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They may not know that. And when you get better information, you're able to achieve that. Also, exactly. also you can, we talk about this. This is, this is another, we'll do another podcast just on, on sharing the sizzle. 
But when you get to the sharing the sizzle stage, which is another program you created as well, Heather, mm-hmm. where you can show off um, in, a, in a non-egoic way what you offer and you, you share that before you show that show and tell, you share that before you give them the answer, it puts the price and it puts insurance in context because yes. most people – and I know we get annoyed, dentists who are listening and team members. Why do they always call and try to commoditize us and put us into a price? We do the same thing with everything else we do. We go to Best Buy, whatever. We're always everything. assuming that it's retail, that a crown is a crown, that this is this. But when you see it's a, it's it's people, it makes a difference. Now, I'm just to give a quick shout out at Best Buy. I I, I really enjoy going there <laughs> because they they match the prices of Amazon. Um, and they do so much for the community that I found out that it really warmed my heart what they did for Puerto Rico. And and because of that, I'm going to try to get them business over Amazon. And right. even though they're a commodity, they share with me what they stand for. They give you extra service. They They support you. And I'm like, wait a second. I can get a similar price, even if I pay a little extra, but I'm getting that service? So – in retail, it's a little more cutthroat, but in dentistry, if you can separate yourself, if somebody's warm on the phone, another example was, Heather, you and I were looking at yes. get a, getting a PPO or HMO, and I'm like, I want the cheapest HMO out there, no problem, and you're like, Alex. For health insurance. Yeah, for health insurance, <laughs> not for dentistry, health insurance, and you're like, I don't think it's a good idea, and I'm like, no, it saved money, and I try to call and make an appointment with an HMO doc. And again, I'm generalizing. I was on, on hold for, for 30 minutes. Uh, you had we booked out for several months, but the PPO office was like much better customer service. And this is a general, you know, this is generalities, but patients don't know what they're getting into. And if you plant the seed that, you know, with your sizzle, with that rapport, they're going to go, they're going to start comparing experiences and saying, wait a second. You get what you pay for sometimes. Well, I was talking to a a dentist the other day, yesterday actually, and I was telling a quick story about when we were looking to get our popcorn removed from the ceiling, you know, the little popcorn stuff. Oh, I know. And called several... Yeah, you were there. Called several companies, and if they even answered the phone, which a lot of them didn't, a few answered the phone, and it was just very general. We charge this amount per square foot and it's this and this and that and, and that was it and then I called the, the last company and Bill who's their manager he answered the phone and he started asking me questions he's like first of all congratulations on you know this house that you're getting your first home which is a nice rapport building connection that he made right from the get-go started asking me questions about the house tell me about the house what does it look like how many rooms what right. are you looking to do and then started educating me about the different levels of flat surface that they can do to replace the popcorn. So there's level four and level five. I had no idea. None of these other ones had even mentioned anything like that. So it sets the standard and sets the bar higher where now, even though they're more money, I'm like, well, these other ones are going to do a terrible job because they didn't mention anything about all these specifics. So even though it's more, it's if you can show the value of your office, and, and listen, dentists and team members out there, I talk to a lot of offices, and a lot of them have set the bar very low. 
not our offices, our offices are amazing that do our training, but a lot of the other offices out there, if, if you know, you can just step up a little bit higher with training and with practice on your verbal skills and customer service, you're gonna be, it's gonna be no contest with patients coming to your practice because there's some really bad offices out there. <laughs> okay, so one of the things I'd be remiss to to, to, to kind of mention is the um, the cost of, of phone skills and not doing it properly and I, mm-hmm. and I've and I said this before and I'll say it again it is no repetition is the mother of skill and um, and all that but it's important we hear this but it's very expensive not converting these phone calls and not investing in phone skills training and and so I want to talk about that Heather and I want mm-hmm. to talk about the importance of the entire team doing the training and then, you know, phone training, then we can adjourn this podcast. Yes. But the average, according to the ADA, the average new patient is like $642 for the first year. Mm-hmm. And, and so, and that could be more if you're a specialist or depending on the procedure. And so if, if you have that and we find that there are a lot of the conversion rate of phone calls is very poor. Okay. There's like an average of like, I don't know, what was it like, uh, 50 some on missed opportunities per month. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or more. Yeah. Or, or more. Uh, it was 87. But if you were to just say, when well, you miss one opportunity per month. Okay. And, 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 not one per month, but one per working day. So 16 working days per month. And you multiply that at 642. You're looking at about $10,000 in missed opportunities per month on the phone. Just phone skills. We haven't even gotten to broken appointments. And then if you look at what the impact is on on the lifetime value of the patient, right, which might be, let's just say, 10 years potentially, that's $100,000 from that one month's impact. So if you want to grow, you can't grow by not doing phone training. And this is like the epiphany for a lot of offices. Like, oh my God, I wish I did this so much earlier because it's mm-hmm. so simple and it makes a lot of money. So I just wanted to, to, to talk about the importance there. Oh now, yeah, just to jump in yeah. really quickly. I talked to a dentist yesterday that um, she's more Invisalign, veneers, cosmetics. And she said that they're missing a lot of calls so imagine, you know, if you're that if you're doing those type of procedures, you know, Invisalign's three to five thousand dollars per case. Veneers, you know, can, can be. I mean, we've had cases Huge. in in the dental practice that were twenty five thousand plus. We had a seventy five thousand dollar case once before. So every single patient opportunity, and not even just that, you know, what what you're losing out on for that year, but the lifetime value of a patient, I know you've mentioned that before, but also what are you losing out because if you're not, those patients aren't coming there and we want patients to come to the practice, we want them to stay and we want them to refer mm, friends and family. You're so missing out on think the about what you're losing out on all the referrals, ah. their whole family coming to the practice. So it all kind of escalates outward. The, the potential loss that, that you have or the potential gain from, you know, getting those patients scheduled. That's a great point. Wow, I haven't even considered. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can I talk about that in the business growth formula, but that's a great way to talk about it there too. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so the last point, and then we're going to adjourn uh, this podcast, 
uh, is the importance of that everybody in the office, doctors, um, hygienists, assistants, everyone, is doing phone sales training. Um, a couple reasons, in my opinion, and Heather, you can jump in um, as well, is I would say one, one is that the vast majority of phone trainings are poor. And if you can build rapport with somebody on the phone, you can build rapport with people in person. And so when you understand these techniques, it can apply in that way. Secondarily, the great call process can be transmuted into the examination, uh, the hygiene um, kind of uh, welcome and discussion because when you greet a patient in hygiene or for an exam with the doctor, you're greeting them, you're building rapport, you're answering any of the questions they have. You're taking action. You're getting information. So it's very, very similar. So a lot of that carries over. So for doctors that are are listening, that are doing All-Star or – and I, I talk about this in the program – or considering it, um, this is something I, I recommend that our best dentist, the entire team does it. It gets a lot of value out of it. So I think um, I, I, I wanted to make sure that was there. So we, we talked about the Great Call Process Overview. We compared it to the – the get them in philosophy and sales and why scripts don't work. We we reviewed some aspects of it, talked about share the sizzle, talked about the the cost of, of not training and putting these into place. Uh, we talked about why it should apply to everybody and some other things. Is there any last minute comments you want to make, Heather, um, uh, on, in terms of what we covered so far? No, I mean, I think just building on what you were saying about the process of phone skills being for everybody. Certainly we see a lot of times assistants or hygienists need to help at the front in answering phones if there's, you know, if it gets too busy or if they right. have downtime and the, or one of their patients cancels or somebody is out sick. So a power, lot of times- Power of cross-training. Cross-training, yes. It's important to have that um, just for that, for that purpose. And a lot of times we'll grade a call and, there'll be a really terrible call and they'll say, oh, well, that was just my hygienist. She doesn't normally answer the phone, but that's still a patient. That's still somebody that's, you're getting that first impression from somebody who's not well-trained. It's not, it's not acceptable to have it, well, that one time because if it keeps happening, I think we had one time where an assistant or somebody had answered the phone, didn't know what, what you know, misinformed the patient, and then they posted a negative review about that practice on on the internet so it only takes one time to make a bad impression and have a bad reputation for the office based off of that the other thing is that when patients are in the office so you know they come in they're sitting in the chair they're going to ask these same questions why do i need to get x-rays why you know why do i can't i just get a cleaning why do i need an exam does my insurance cover this and you have to have the same level of training and competency for everybody, hygienist, assistant, that the front office is having. So it's really important to have everybody cross-trained on how to answer common questions, how to overcome objections, certainly how to build rapport with patients. Because a lot of times, dentists say, well, we're getting a lot of cancellations and broken appointments. Those don't just happen from the patient saying, oh, I'm busy, I have something that came up at work. This is a whole, there's a whole root cause for why that happens. And that could be taking place where maybe their appointment wasn't scheduled properly. The importance of their visit wasn't wasn't relayed in their hygiene visit. 
Maybe they're, you know, the dentist wasn't relaying the importance of the visit, the next visit. Maybe it wasn't scheduled properly. Maybe they said, oh, well, you can just schedule it now, but then you can cancel. So everybody in the team, it's a whole team approach, needs to understand how important the verbiage is because it all affects things later down the road for their appointments. So that's just kind of the last thing I wanted to end with. Well, that's a great thing to end with. Thank you, Heather, so yes. much for sure. being on this podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Dental All-Stars. Visit us online at allstardentalacademy.com.